Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Jake Randall, who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Jake. <laughs> well, good afternoon, good sir. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're going to talk all about you and some other stuff soon. And, um, you know, we had, but, uh, Master Watson was called away on an emergency. Um, everything's okay, but he was unavailable. So we're going to, you know what? <laughs> Go big Much, or go home. Uh, yeah, but life moves on. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in so many different ways. Today's subject is business failure, and it's important um, in so many different ways. Uh, first off is if you're listening to this, you're probably someone that has an interest in entrepreneurship, yeah. business, and so many other things. And guess what? You're going to fail a lot. You're going to fail yeah. a lot. And, <laughs> and you, you, sir... Um, have been successful in so many different things and then ha- also have some um, some experience with challenging situations yes. that you are quite open about. And I think it's awesome that you are. Thank you. Because you're doing it for the right reasons. You're not complaining or bitching <laughs> or like blaming. No, no. I. Uh, y- you have to wake up and own it. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't it? And don't I? Oh wait. So let's talk about that. So, all right. So Jake, you're you're lo- you're, you're local here in Kansas City, and right now you you work as the project lead and in business development at a company called Freedom Interiors. Yeah. But you have a history as an entrepreneur, and and I, I first learned it because you came to one of our events. Yeah. At at uh at Royal Stadium, yeah, and we started talking degree. about it, and Thank I was you. like, I was like, dude, really? <laughs> and and you know the thing was, I was honestly, I was I was uh I was impressed and also i you know on some level you're always kind of like shocked a little bit when people are really open about things because because i think as people in general we love to talk about all the stuff we're great at yeah every i mean no one will tell you how great i am more than i will (laughs) right it's true yeah it's easy to talk about the success and how good you are and what you've done in your life and i fail all the time man i'm like i'm like almost like a failure that's managed to make it and and we're going to talk about your stuff, but I'll actually, because I'm, I'm going to join you today. Let's do that. That'd be great. When it comes to shamelessness and just <laughs> com- complete transparency. We'll lick so, our wounds together. A yeah. Bit. Well, I don't lick the wounds. I just kind of own them now and they've turned like into that. scars. Um, so much, you know, in, in my book, million dollar bedroom on like the second page, this was really important. I, I, you know, so many business books you read and it's got some dude from like Harvard and, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And then my second page of the book, I'm like, so I've been to five colleges and now I'm a junior. (laughs) So as far as failure went, um, a lot of educational failure. Um, and you know, uh, on a personal level, I grew up and I'm still someone with a massive case of ADHD and growing up, it was a huge challenge for me. Um, I mean, to the point, like it it really was, it was, it was very tough to deal with, but with it came a sense of energy and drive that, um, I wouldn't give back if I had a, had an opportunity to do so. But along the way, um, I, it took me till, I mean, I didn't really kind of figure life out until like my late twenties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't like, and I've done some things well, and I've done a lot of other things poorly, but 
um, was definitely not an early starter. Like some of the people that we've talked to and some of the clients yeah, at full like scale, 16 years old. Yeah. You know? You're like, well, I don't, there was someone in a meeting here recently and it was a, and the kid had graduated from high or college and he was 19. Oh geez. I was like, wow. Overachievers. You, yeah. You beat me by 25 <laughs> years at a minimum, dude. But yeah. So for me personally, um, had, had a lot, had to figure a lot out. Um, and quite honestly, and along the way, I wasn't positive that was going to happen, but had this like built in feeling. It's like this manifest destiny. And you know, I was supposed to be a business owner, but I had no idea how that was going to come down the pipeline. And, you know, it wasn't until a little later in my twenties when I really started taking things a lot more seriously. And I started, I, I, I developed a sense of disbelief that I had to have a fancy college degree or anything mm. like that to do a whole lot of stuff. But I had, you know, like growing up, it had, you know, I mean, I grew up in, in here in, in Leawood, Kansas. Okay. And for those of you that aren't from here, I mean, it's an area where most of the kids are from decent families yeah. and, and we go to school and everyone goes to college and, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. And I didn't do it that way. <laughs> so there you go. And then, you know, I kind of managed to figure some things out and taught myself a lot along the way, did a lot of things not right. And then figured out some things to do right and did even more of those. So yeah. Anyway, I wanted to set that up. So no, you have an interesting story and then I want to talk about that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting. It is, it's been a, it's been a journey to say the least, you know, I'm, I'm laughing over here because college, you know, I'm still seven credits short. I think. Are you? Welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, I am a mutt. I really am. I, I went to school. I'm not even joking. I went to school in the Chicago area uh, for youth ministry. Really? Yeah. Like college? I, yes. Oh, I wow. went to college, spent a lot of money to get a degree in youth ministry. Amen. Um, geez, oh, Pete's. And then uh, the things we, the, the things we learn, right? Um, yeah. I wouldn't call that necessarily a failure, but it was definitely not uh, the right journey or path for me, but ended up, uh, <laughs> ended up in a band, uh, ended up touring. Nice. Um, but that's the, the early stages, like you were saying, is yeah. you knew that you were to be an entrepreneur. Like yeah. that was my whole life since I was, my, 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 my parents always said, uh, I mean, I knew since I was like five. Yes. Like right? I was, or maybe even soon. I always had this yeah. drive, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever I put my heart into, it was going to be mine. I was going to own it. And the other thing like I was saying is I've always had the ability to surround myself with people that are better than me. Mm-hmm. And that was always the case of if, if I can draw people into this dream, this idea, whatever it may be, a band, this, that, whatever. I've had a million little businesses. So you uh, too have ADD. Oh boy. Yeah. I didn't know I had it. Yeah. And then like my wife, you know, we've been married now for going on eight, I think it's gonna be eight years. Um, she's like, wow, like you, you are seriously, I could diagnose you right now. <laughs> I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a downfall, but you know, that's a whole different subject. No, so. it's, it's a, I use it. So to- you spent some time finding yourself much like me. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, ended up, you know, I was in, I lived in Michigan, grew up in Michigan, Chicago, then Valparaiso, Indiana, moved to Kansas City with love for love. My mm-hmm. uh, now wife moved out here for, uh, she went to Rockers for speech therapy and um, moved out here. Didn't have a, I had a small little business, automated lighting company that I owned for a while and um, had enough to pay some bills. And then I ended up in the oil refund fuel market and I ended up. The fi- what? Yeah, I was, I was in sales and inside sales for uh Couple, I worked my way up the ladder. I started as like a little peon and uh, 
got headhunted a few times and we did um, like OEM manufacturing for like uh, crude oil trucks or propane. Mm. And, and I found myself sitting and I was making more money than I, than I've ever made in my life. Like money was not an issue in our family. <laughs> we had it and we were moving, moving up the right way. And um, no kids yet, really. Um, just started having some kids, uh, right at the end of this, but found myself in sitting in a cubicle and I, I hated my job and yeah. I, I just, I couldn't. That's how I got into entrepreneurship myself. I hated my job. I was like, I'm just going to quit. That's exactly People are like you're crazy. That's a great job. I'm like, yeah, but I hate it. You should have saw my boss's face when I said, yeah. here's my two Been weeks there. and I'm going to go start a donut shop. Yeah. And he was like, what did you just say? And I'm like, right. and he, he was living. Um, which I get. I mean, when I told people that I was going to start the donut lounge, whether it be my mother and father-in-law or whether it be uh, my parents or friends, they were like, you're going to own a what? Like Dunkin' Donuts? And I'm like, what's a donut lounge? Yeah. yeah. Right? And so it took it took a lot of people to understand the concept and really how to, we were going to be the anomaly and something really unique and different in so Kansas let's, City. So let's back up. Yeah. So you didn't just walk out on your job and say, and that the moment, well, maybe you did. No, the moment really, that the, I, that the concept that. came to mind. So you'd been mulling around the idea of a donut lounge. Yeah. For about a year. Um, What's so a donut lounge? <laughs> we'll start with the concept. I like donuts and I like lounging. So, I mean, I'm so trying that, to end. So but. that's what it is. So donut lounge was this idea where we called it swanky fun. So the concept was this donut shop, um, meets, uh, kind of high end fancy fun. And so, you know, donuts are nostalgic. Uh, you know, they're, they're a great place for conversation or, you know, whatever it may be your local community donut shop. But also we wanted to throw a twist on it where we wanted to take it to the next level. So donut lounge was craft creativity and conversation was our mission and craft being the most overused word because there's craft cocktails, craft beer, craft yeah. this, but craft is just the idea that like we put our heart, our attention, our, whatever we're, whatever we're making, we, we have integrity about that craft. Um, conversation. When I, when I buy donuts, it's important to me that they were made with the utmost integrity. Well, that's, that's the thing is we, you know, people are laughing like that's that people are like, what, why are you so passionate about this? Cause I was like, we want to do something. We want to take it to the next level. And that's what my, that's who I am. You know, I don't care if I'm playing golf. Like I think I'm going to be the next PGA. I'm going on tour next week. You know, like I'm going to put every effort into it. So, you know, craft creativity conversation. We just wanted to create a place for, um, a, for them, for people to come in the community and have good conversation. So we did cocktails, full beer, uh, we did crazy weird food. Um, we had an awesome donut shop and awesome coffee program. So this was going on here in Kansas city yep. and what part of town was it in? We started in Westport. So we were in the heart of Westport over there by like okay. Fonda and, and, for, and, California. and you know, we have a lot of listeners that aren't in Kansas city. So, yeah. you know, Westport here is that, uh, kind of trendy bar area. Uh, there's a lot, I mean, there's just a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, like. Well, if you had a donut lounge, I could see it being in that part of town. And that's, you know, me and my wife, we've, we've been living in the Westport area since we've moved to Kansas City. And that, that was the place where they would accept this weird idea um, because, it, one, Westport was a place of just local businesses right. really outside the box thinking it wanted to – Westport was the unique place in Kansas City. So what did you know about making donuts at that point? Have you ever even made donuts? So that's – so a year before I quit my job, you know, I thought to myself, if I'm going to do this, because I talked about it all the time, because I traveled a little bit, 
whether it be New York or LA or Chicago, all these cities have these crazy donut shops, whether it be Voodoo Donuts, um, New York Donuts, Cal- um, um, there's a million of them out there that have these crazy idea concepts. Sure. And so I thought, man, Kansas City's ripe for something unique like this. And so I just started calling every donut shop, asking them every question I could possibly do. I started doing all these analytics and looking at cost analysis and come to find out dough is the second largest markup commodity in the world. Right. Do you know what the first one is? Mm, no. Potatoes. Weird. Guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, fries, right, you know, right. it costs them like two cents to yeah. make and you're paying two bucks for it. So, okay. so anyways, I'm like, okay, there's money to be had here. Um, but then I'm like, let's look at the, like, I, you know, the biggest thing is you got to get up at like, you know, midnight and you're baking all day. D- donuts don't stay fresh. Like they're right. like, you make them and you throw them out. And so I'm like, man, how is this going to work? And so I just started doing all this crazy research. And uh, started putting together this business plan and looking at uh, what it's going to take, how much equipment's going to cost, you know, what rent's going to cost, blah, blah, blah. And uh, kept talking about it. But then finally, I just had some friends say, Jake, it's enough. Stop talking about it. Like, let's let's do Jump it. Jump and build wings, dude. Yep. And <laughs> so I turned my uh, kitchen in Westport into uh, into a little, little make. So every Saturday. I'd get up crazy early and start making donuts and try new recipes. And I'd invite all my friends and my neighbors over. And then every Saturday was just this idea of like, this sucks, this works, this doesn't work. Let's create together. So like we had this thing called the glazed and gravy, um, which it was pretty much biscuits and gravy, but with a glazed donut and a fried egg. And so it's one of the most popular dishes in Kansas City. If if you haven't had it, it was life changing. But how it happened was, was just out of my kitchen. We made biscuits and gravy that day for all of our friends and because I knew my donuts were probably going to suck that morning. So I just took a glazed donut. I threw a sausage or gravy over it and put a fried egg on it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the most amazing thing in the world. And it was one of our most popular food items on our menu. So, Okay, so now you're going to open a donut lounge. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming because you had never owned a donut lounge – nor a chain of donut lounges or anything else <laughs> that you had to pay for this out of your own pocket. Yes. Or you had maybe a couple people that gave you a few bucks or something along That's the way. Exactly but, it. but for the, you know, because new businesses fail more than not, you don't just walk down to the bank and get a big loan for your donut lounge. So you got to come up with some money. You got to have money to get money. Correct. That is, the which is like the law one hundred and one. Yeah, and what, to put the donut before the egg there, or whatever we want to say, like it's it's a <laughs> I challenge. See, I right. see where you're so, going with that. Well, I wasn't intentionally going there. <laughs> and for those of you listening, like yes, this this episode is about business failure, and you do want to stick around and keep listening because this does get People interesting like, i don't care about donuts right well they do though because you know yeah. the, the thing is, is there's a lot to be heard here so now all of a sudden you're opening the donut lounge well and that's what it was called right it was called donut lounge exactly um i might have to start back before that because that's really where failure started all right, tell me about it so to open the doors and, and this people out there who's thinking about restaurants or anything like that is they call it change of use and that's when you when a building, our building was a clothing store and we were changing it over to a restaurant. Hey, 101, I was an idiot. Don't ever do that because you got to work about ADA. You got to worry about all of these plumbing issues. I mean, all your mechanical and HVAC, just a whole nother world. So you had to spend some money doing that. Well, let's or, talk. Or let, just getting it. So um, lessons learned. Here we right. go. Um, so I talk about surrounding myself with people that are better than me. So I 
again, I had a few little business partners. They brought some money to the table. So I went to the SBA, Small Business Association. Mm-hmm. I said, I had this idea. Here's my business plan. Here's my partners. Here's my life insurance. <laughs> here's everything I got. Here's my personal signature. Here's all of my stuff. Can I have money? And they said, oh my gosh, this is a great concept. Prove it. Here we go. So here's some money. So we go to open the doors. And my architect went AWOL. I'm not, I can't make this stuff up. Our, we hired a design firm. And the design firm literally, when I say screw us over, they screwed us over so bad. Like we brought them in the, the building like five or six times. And we were like, how much is our plumbing going to be? How much is our HVAC going to be? What it's going to cost? And they're like, oh, plumbing's about $15,000. Well, finally, we started breaking ground and getting things in there. Plumbing was $76,000. So again, lessons learned is this, is like, you know, don't always, don't always trust. You can't, you got to get multiple get multiple uh, people involved, get multiple opinions. And I was naive. I, I was so tunnel vision. I wanted to get these doors open. I thought I mean, we had a great concept, great idea. But the problem started before we ever even opened the doors. Our capital, we had to go borrow more money. We had to bring in more investments. Um, I, my fear and anxiety at this point in my life, this is where, this is where they don't teach you in any school or anything is where when fear and anxiety and in that, that it starts taking over your life. I got two little girls at home, a wife who's looking at me like, what did we sign up for? And we haven't even opened the doors yet. We right. haven't got to the hard part yep. yet. So, and that, but now you have a different issue because now you're in, like you got a lot in and like, oh, I got five year lease. Well, I owe people right. a lot of money. I and, s- it, and in poker, they call that being pot committed. Like you've got so many chips in the middle, you might as well play out the rest of the hand and yeah. see what happens, but you don't have much of a choice at that point. Well, that's the problem is choice. When right. I, I love being in control. I, I, it's one of those things when I feel out of control is where things, my anxiety, and I didn't even know I had anxiety until this point. I mean, I'm not joking. I, I don't know if life was easy or, or what, or that it's I was different when it's, when it's yours and it's on the table and, and you big. talk about having kids and stuff yeah. like that. And like, I mean, that's the big difference when it comes to handling failure. Now, one of the things that you mentioned was talking about that level of fear and anxiety coming in and, and until you're staring it right in the face, you don't, uh, you have no idea how you're going to react. You feel like, you know, <laughs> And then you, and then you learn that whether you're right or not about that. Yeah. And, and it's real. And, and then, you know, one of the things I look back at, so my, uh, I've never really been one that's really too, I didn't, I've never really feared failure, but when I had kids, it changed my perspective. Yeah. I like suddenly was like, Oh wow. I've got other people that I've got to maybe yeah. like, cause you know, I, I, I don't know. I always, my wife and I joke, somehow things always seem to work out for me, but I don't think it's just magic. Like I keep after it and like, I don't know. I mean, you always hear the stories about, you remember that old uh, Greek story about Icarus who flew too close to the sun and his wings melted and he fell to the ground. Well, I, my theory is if you fly fast enough, you can go all the way through the sun before your wings melt. And it's like a completely different feeling, but you know, like I said, and, and, but until you know how you're going to react to staring failure in the face, you don't know, like you sink or you swim. Some people literally just like curl up in a ball and die. That's what I do. Is that what happened? Oh, from the out, if you met me like on the street, you'd be like, okay, this guy's fine. But like behind closed doors, I didn't, it hit me so hard. That, I mean, I was waking up at four in the morning, every morning puking. Normal. Well, maybe not the puking, but the waking up, like oh. the anxiety. Oh, sure. just, just cold sweats. Like, what did I sign up for? Can I do this? And then all of a sudden, like, 
I was like, I'm a confident person. I'm a passionate person. And then for the first time looking at going, I bit off more than I can chew. I can't do this. What did I sign up for? What, what is going on? And I'm out of control. And that's where, you know, again, like the, a, the architects kind of going a wall, the, the price, the price of the, the build outs are going crazy. And you start asking yourself at this point, like, was this all just a really, really, really bad idea? Is the world telling me <laughs> to just stop now? Yeah. But you didn't. I know. Okay. So let's move on. Okay. So let's do now, it. now here we go. You actually managed to get this thing open. I did. With some extra investment or loans or yep. something along like that. I had to that. borrow more money and because I believed in it. I mean, you're right. You just got to so you're keep, passionate about it. You got to keep fighting. You see, you see the end result. You know that once you open these doors, because what was happening at the same time, there was this buzz happening. We were in every like every local newspaper. We were in every magazine. People are going, what is this thing? And when is it going to open? Because we were six mo- months behind opening the doors, which was another big deal for capital and everything right, else. Right. Um, but there was so much buzz. And so here we go. We opened the doors and the lines wouldn't stop. They would not stop. And people are like, wow, good job, man. I'm like, I the guess. The same people that probably told you you were fucking crazy. Oh, everyone like, thought yeah, you were crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, but the, now you, now you went from like, now you're like, oh my God, the whole world was going to, the sky was falling. Yeah. The wings were melting. Yeah. The insanity was setting in. And now all of a sudden you're a genius. Well, I, I here. These are the ups and downs, people. <laughs> and These here, are the ups and downs. And here's where the prop now the, okay. I had this guy in Westport tell me one time, um, I'm, I was grinding the cement floors at one o'clock in the morning, right? I'm doing all the work myself to try to get these doors open. Guy knocks on my window. Guy walks in and says, Hey man, you okay? And I'm like, no. He's like, dude, I'm here. You know, if you need anything, let me know. You guy lives in Westport. Um, became one of my good friends. And he says to me, he goes, you think it's hard now? Wait till you open the doors. Yeah. And I thought this guy was the craziest guy I've ever met in my life. And I wanted That's to punch him in the face. Easy. Yeah. And so we opened the doors and then, then we can talk about all hell breaks loose. <laughs> right. Because to have a lot of people is great. I mean, candidly, we did over a million dollars our first year. Okay. So let's like, let's make that a milestone. So now this yeah. donut, this crazy ass donut <laughs> lounge idea opens and now all of a sudden the lines out the door yep. people want the donut with the gravy and the, oh. the eggs and that sounds really good actually I, I think i'd be into that dude we had like the dl39 it was like a it was the um q39 burnt ends with it was like an eggs benedict donut sandwich we had Stop. Uh, dude we had You're like making me hungry bro we had the uh the little frenchie which was french toast donuts we had I mean, dude, we had gorgeous plates. And then our donuts were incredible as well. S'mores, maple bacon. We had the the dolly, which was a sheep cheese custard with root beer glaze and base. You but, but wait, Jake, I thought this I thought we were talking about business failures oh. here. <laughs> I thought we were talking about business failures. So you just but you got you finally got this open. It was and you did you do a million dollars in sales, a million dollars in donuts, which we just already talked about. Um, if done well, can be a pretty high margin product. It can. So, so wait a minute. I thought we were on the chain. I mean, I, I, I thought, aren't we about to open like 900 new places we, and like, this is going to be the thing? Like, yeah. Well, well, was it? No. <laughs> so, you know, the funny is, you know, we you do a million dollars, but the ultimate. And by the way, 99% of businesses will never do a million dollars in revenue. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and I don't quote me on that. It's really close. I mean, it's really close because most businesses are small yeah. service provider kind of businesses. And yeah. they, that's a lot of volume. 
So here we go. So the we open the door. <laughs> this is what you've been waiting for, people. <laughs> 23 minutes in, we're going to get to the punchline. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> open the doors, and again, all hell breaks loose. So lines won't stop, which you think is a great idea. But when you're talking about waste management, uh, inventory control, quality control, um, we kept running out of donuts. Um, we, Not good. we were pissing off everybody. They, you know, the guy that's waiting in line for 30 minutes comes up and all he, all's left is like the crumbs on the, in the, in the case. And he's, you know, so we were, we were, we didn't know what we were doing. We, we were literally making, almost making it up because there was no other donut lounge. There wasn't, there wasn't like a manuscript or a manual that says, Hey, right. do this. I mean, our, our bakers, every, all of our employees were so overworked. They were underpaid. They were, everyone's trying to make this thing work. And, and the, we just started to see like, and then my biggest issue was we didn't have good books. I mean, we literally got the doors open. We had enough, I had like $500 in the bank account the day we opened our doors. So if you, if you had opened like two days later, you might not have even opened. We almost didn't yeah. open the doors. Yeah. yeah. And so we had the, the first like six months was crazy. Um, it was the hardest six months. I didn't sleep. Um, but there was a sense of, there was a sense of pride that like we built something and people are showing up and hell like food network was calling us. We were on the front page of USA today. We were in an article in Rachel Ray magazine. Like we all of a sudden sit back going, what did we just do? Like, and I can't even at this point too, I'm d dealing with this fear and deal with this anxiety, still kind of going through this shit, to be honest with you is trying to still at 46 employees um, in one donut lounge in one donut lounge that sounds like a lot it, well there we go so yeah. you can think about what that labor looked yeah. like yeah but trying to now keep, all of a sudden that million dollars revenue uh, does it, not sound ex like a whole lot man. exactly <laughs> i'm sitting here thinking wait 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 so okay that's go. a problem so uh, let's do some math so yes. if you have 40 people that yep. make twenty five thousand dollars a year that's a million dollars there you go now, when you say about this, dude, like a lot of part-time because, you know, Still. they're exactly, they're baristas, you know, they're bartenders, maybe there's, there's some servers and a lot of bakers, um, but you're right. That's, okay. So you're, the, you're getting all this heat, all this hype. Like, I mean, think about this people like USA Today, Rachel Ray, like the Food Network, stuff like that. Yeah. So, but now you start realizing you're like, okay, well, this seemed like a good idea, but is this even sustainable? So at first I was like, wow, there was so much money coming in. We were doing, I mean, geez, oh, Pete's 80, 90,000 a month. And I'm going, oh my gosh. And again, besides labor, profitability is pretty darn good on a cocktail or on a donut. So I'm thinking, okay, we can hold the line, but something happened. And this is if, you know, Grant uh, Gooding, like he would, he'll tell like the why. Why did this happen? I don't know. So if somebody can answer this. You for just me. picked like one of the most analytical people I know. And oh. now you're comparing it to the least exact planning process <laughs> I've heard about but in a what, while. But what, what I'm saying is we went in August, I think it was August. We were doing 80, 90,000 a month. September hit and we went to 50. We Why? That's what I'm saying. I don't to this day. I bet I have an idea though. Because on some level, some of those things are novelty. There we so so like you know and I think about it and you okay so you had hype yes and that's great and hype draws makes the line happen yeah and then but here's the thing is on some levels how many times are you really 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 gonna wait in that long ass line for that donut exactly 
So, okay. So that starts to set in, but at this point, I bet you had ratcheted things up because you got to service there, the line. You got to do it. There you go. Am I right? So, you're so right. So now we're starting, just starting to dial things in. And by the way, let me back up. So my baker, my head, my head chef, my baker moved back to Chicago. He it's a long story, but he was only with me for a few months. So he's gone. I had three business partners. Um, one moved to LA within the first month. Um, one was dealing with a restaurant that fell down in Liberty. He was gone within the first month. And another business partner literally was part of another huge operations that was exploding. He was a CEO and he's like, Jake, I love you, but I got to go. So what I'm saying is, and I'm not, this is not the boohoo me, but what I'm saying is 46 employees, HR, marketing, things are crazy. And I'm trying to hold the line. And so you can't, not one person no matter how good your management is, is that they don't care about your baby. They don't, they're not going to work as hard as you. I say that a lot, Jake. I tell people and like, you know, I get a lot of people that have sought my counsel or input in life when it comes to business and still do. Um, And the one thing I say, and I, I, there's a turning point. I literally wrote about this in million dollar bedroom. Your employees will never care as much as you do. Never. And you have to, and, and, and until you accept that, you're, it's just going to make you crazy. Like it's going to literally like eat away at you. And I remember like literally like having moments, like talking to myself, why don't they care? But then finally one day I was like, you know what? And maybe someone's, I don't remember if someone said something to me or maybe I just realized it, but I just accept it now. Yeah. And, and so, all right. So, but that's an issue because what you're describing is there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of like, mm-hmm. You know, you work in a place like that and, and you know, it's chaotic and there's not necessarily protocol and now you have turnover and the Lots chef's gone yep. and there's a lot of part-time people. And you know what, part-time people are like, I don't give a shit. I'll just go get a job somewhere That's else. exactly it. Yep. So you got a whole lot of things yeah. going on. And-, and, and I'm burning bridges because now I'm stressed. You know, I'm trying to be a good boss. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to take care of my team. I'm trying to make, but they don't, again, like, and I don't blame them. They want to show up. They want a paycheck, they want to go home, and they want to leave it at home. I wanted them to – the biggest um, realization is that my expectations were so skewed. I thought we were going to create this community. We were going to be this kumbaya culture, and we were going to change the world. And like we were going to create this incredible place within our – my team, they, they had great intentions, and they worked their asses off, but they didn't – like you're saying, the hardest truth to me was they don't care. They want well, to they show don't up. share that same vision. You no. just described like, like a donut topia, you know, <laughs> like, and, and the thing is, is like the, and, and, you know, we were talking, part of what we're trying to do is help you avoid some failure, but, but, and, and from my side of the studio here, like some of that was an unrealistic expectation. Yes. Like in the end, you're a place that makes donuts. Yeah. Not necessarily like what you just described. Like, um, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's like, it's something completely different. It's completely, yeah. it, I, I was using donuts as almost a, um, a, a piece to create something else. Right. I mean, I, I wanted donut lounge to be more than just a donut shop. You know, I wanted to create an environment of people that could have conversation, you know, that I wanted to create something way more than donuts. Now, next you tried to fix some of this stuff. Didn't you go one, didn't you go a little deeper down the rabbit hole? Yeah. So tried to fix a lot um, because, you know, and that's the problem is when they, they call it lizard brain. Um, it's wearing like, 
it's the fight or flight situation yeah, yeah, yeah. when when you you're not thinking right yep. you're just you're just in i'm gonna die and i gotta do ev- anything and everything i can to stop to die right and that's where i lived that's that's where i'm at in life right now is my my team hates me no one i mean i'm not the cool like i want i'm a, such a people pleaser and that that you know the company's morale's down our turnovers down and then that thirty thousand dollar hit in one month just set us like i wasn't ready for it like we were rampant we were getting ready to change the world and now what just happened now looking back there's there were some things happening in westport there was a lot of crime there was like three gunshots and three people killed or something within like that the first month That's all the anger from waiting in the line dude <laughs> give me my damn donut um there was some parking a lot of parking yeah. issues start, starting to happen because there was development happening yep. so they started taking away all the parking so there's some outside like i'm, I'm trying to think through what is happening and try to get my heads so i start reaching. But if you want to avoid failure you have to have you have to develop some so you know i i've helped a lot of people plan businesses. And whenever I do these projections and I, I literally put a line in there that says, Oh shit. And I make it, I a read perc- that in your book. Yeah. yeah. I make yeah. it a percentage of revenue. Like, and, and I've had people get mad at me. They're like, mm-hmm. I want to take this out. I'm like, that would be the dumbest thing you would do. You said the other thing is like daisies and like rainbows or cotton candy you or something in your book. assume yeah. that that's not going to, that that's going to happen. So like the, Oh shit line is people are like, well, what is this? I'm like, that means, Oh shit. I forgot to think that I might need to do that. And depending on the on the predictability of a business is going to predict on the number that I'm going to use as like the percentage of the perceived of the anticipated revenue for that. So like with certain things, you can like if you were running a delivery company uh-huh. that dropped off pianos, like well, you're oh shit lines because eventually you're going to drop one or just different things and yeah. just some different stuff like that. And and you know, but that's difficult to do and very untested concepts. So. So I that's wish, definitely something. To I wish think we had an ocean line. I mean, honestly, well, right? Because it's a buffer. Yeah. It's, and it's exactly that. And 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 the the newer are are the least tested. You're like, dude. You, you said this, these things don't come with an owner's manual. So that's a that's a, a huge mistake that I think leads to failure. That I see a lot of people make is they they want to assume they think everything's going to go right and and whatever. Like assume that it's all going to go wrong. Yep. And then be happy when only part of it does. So that was part of the failure there. Yes. Okay. Oh, 100% is that we just, I think we were never ready for the success and we were never ready for the oh shit line. Right. We weren't ready for either. Now, we, now we I thought, want to back up because I want to make sure we're on the same page because you talked about selling a million dollars worth of donuts or was that just based on the first month? No, no, uh, year uh, 2000. So at this point, we're actually like in year two. So we're getting to year two. No, like, so January, February, March, April. We, no, sorry. December, January, February, March, April. So April, five months. Mm-hmm. And then it started hitting. Okay. And then it, so, the, so now then it we start starts... going up, going down, going okay. up, going yeah. down. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like something is just off. I mean, things just started getting a little weird. And that's when we just started doing stupid stuff. Um, I started borrowing more money. I started figuring out like, okay, like, how am I going to pay payroll this month? Like, mm-hmm. why do we, you know, we're starting to run out of product and we're starting to like try to figure out inventory and things just started getting really like to be candid, like uncontrollable. I just right. started losing control of my employees. I started losing control of what we're doing, like the quality control, like all these things just started kind of unraveling. 
And it just, a lot of it's me. I just, I know the beginning of failure is that I just kind of started losing, you know, losing my passion, started losing my control. That's a big sign. And yeah. if, you're, if you're listening and you lose your passion for what you're doing, it's a problem. Yeah. And, and back to the whole talking, you know, I mean, I, God, I spend all day, every day talking to people about their businesses <laughs> at this point, which by the way, I'm so happy I get to do that. Like that's, I love doing that. Yeah. But you, know, you get some people that come in and you say, well, are you passionate about this? They're like, yeah, I mean, I want to make money. I'm like, you're not going to last. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, cause it's going to get hard. And if you're not passionate about it, yeah. uh, you're going to quit. Well, I, I feel like, you, you know, it's, you get into the ring, right. And you, you get your uh, butt kicked for like nine rounds. Right. And the 10th round, you got like two, cha- you got two things, either step up yeah. and keep fighting and maybe get that extra wind or you're just going to keep getting beat up again. And like, I kind of, have you heard the Mike Tyson quote? No. So, you know, people are like, well, I got a plan. Well, Mike Tyson's really famous for saying everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> That's, and it's true. It is so it's true. Cause your plan is never going to go the way no. that you think it will. Yeah. And, and cause you had a plan. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that wait, but now the plan's not going the way we needed mm-hmm. to. And then you say, well, why is that? And then you can start asking, you start trying to do things different. And sometimes, hey, look, uh, I look back. So before I, w- I owned a business, I, I worked, for, I man- helped manage a chain of retail stores. And I had a really great mentor at the time. But uh, I was talking to him. I said, man, I can't get all my locations to have a great month at the same month in the same month. And he laughed out loud. He's like, you never will. You know, like you never will. Like it's just never possible that everything is going to go <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like it's just not probable. Like there's just shit happens. Yep. You can't, there are things that you can control and this is what you're now starting to figure out there. So there's things you can control and there's things you cannot. Now, did you start getting yourself really wrapped up in the things you couldn't control? Of course. And then that swallowed you up. Exactly. You start focusing on like the minute things. Yep. You start really, you start grabbing for anything. No matter how bad you want to control those things, you still won't. Yes. And that's a problem because now you've hold yourself away from your ability to manage and control the things that you can actually have an effect on. And, and, and this is something, so now you're talking about lizard brain and you're talking about this fight or flight and like whatever, and you're doing anything and everything you can. And like, at some point you're like, you know what, I'm already screwed if this gets, so (laughs) why not go nine levels deeper? Right. And this happens a lot. Now, um, a lot of times with business failure, there's certain things you have the inability to adapt some people just sit there and go, you know what? Things will get better. And then they just ride the ship full speed right into the rocks. Yep. And then in your case, like you're trying to control the things you can't control, yeah. which is now uh, m- removing your ability to manage the things you can. That's right. And these are all things. So like, you know, you think about an airplane flying through the sky. If all of a sudden it, you, you know, okay, now it wobbles. And now if it goes, if it starts spinning, your inability to get it back on track is very difficult. So, so now you're in a situation where, okay, you're spinning. Yep. What next? Well, and the other part is, but are people still at this point or they're like, dude, this concept's genius. And this is just amazing. And like (laughs) from the outside in, people thought we were just printing money. Right. People are like, Oh my, because we're getting so much like locally, uh, you know, nationally, we are getting so much hype and cool things happening and we continue to come out with cool product. We are continue to innovate. We are continue to have fun with whether it be our cocktail program or our donut but program. It's a business. But it's in a business. In the end, if yep. you can't, if you can't make money yep. off of it, 
it will. Well, yes. It, the other part I was going to say too is is as as it's going out of control is one thing. I look back now as I started blaming. Yeah, I started blaming, and blaming is a big source of anger. It was like it was, the more I mean, blaming is anger. Yeah, and like the more of it, but it, it breeds more. Yeah, I started looking at everything. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Yep. Like, why can't you do that better? Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, and I, instead of owning up to my 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 reality, I started really looking at things, going, "Well, if you would just do that, and you said you were going to do that, and you, and all of a sudden, I'm like, who am I? Like, what am I?" But again, that plane, it starts is starting to spiral. Yeah. And as it started to spiral more and more, things really began to start really kind of the plane was crashing and it was crashing really fast, really hard. And and it picks up speed really on the way to the ground. Um, the problem, I think, again, back to just, you know, you doing things that I, I one thing is I wasn't asking for the right help. I wasn't mm-hmm. bringing people into my life to like really help me figure this out. And if I, there was a few times I tried and it didn't and like, I felt let down by some mentors or people who said they were going to help and maybe help me figure this out. And they didn't show up. And so I'm Re- fe- really in the end, it's because people care. They have, they are, and people are largely self-absorbed. Yeah. I mean, cause you're going to be the same way. I mean, in the end, like, I mean, really in the yeah. end, like we kind of just, yeah. we're all selfish. Well, I started looking into like, can I get out of this? Can I start looking into does somebody want to buy this? And I start looking and, um, trying so, to sell a business that's, that's like a year old oh, that isn't my, profitable and doesn't really have yeah. it. Like, and it doesn't sound like there was a whole lot of repeatability here. If you don't know, so you can't franchise it, even though people are like, you should. I bet you heard that like 10 times. Oh, a day. people would call me at least once a week <laughs> from all over the country. Here's the problem. If you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. And that's a great point. And I didn't know where I was. Yeah. I, I, my books were so skewed. I didn't, I didn't have good. That's one of, again, back to failure. One ones is we, that we were printing money from the beginning. And I thought to myself, I'll get to the books when we have a chance. I'll get to that. I'll get to that when we have, when I have, when I can breathe, I'll get to that. And by the time I got to that, it was too late. Our books are so whacked. So people would be like, I want to see your books. Let me see what this thing's worth and how much you lost here and here. And I'm giving them something. They'd be like, what is this? I'm this like, doesn't even balance. This no. doesn't even make sense. It makes like, no sense. And and so I try to bring in some. Nothing's a bigger red flag. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I could show you like this, how much money we made, you know? And, yeah, but where is it? But where is it? Yeah. Exactly. Because you didn't make shit. You didn't make nothing. Yeah, um, so okay. Yeah. So here are the, the planes heading yep. impact, impact, here brace for impact. Yep. Uh, we start, I started going counseling. I don't highly recommend that. So I, I really, I was getting so bad. I mean, my marriage was getting out of control. Um, trying to be a father and waking up in the morning yeah. and, and try to be present. That was the biggest thing I realized is I, I was, I was drinking way too much. Um, I couldn't be in a conversation. You would talk to me. My wife would talk to me. I'd be at the dinner table, but I was so gone. Somebody would say something and it would make me think of payroll. Somebody would say something and make me think I have to fix the HVACs. I could not be in the moment. And it was the scariest part of my life is that I don't even know what you're saying. I'm just nodding my head going, okay. So, so I, I will tell you, and there are over the last decade that I've done, I've been and I've had that feeling for me, like, Fortunately, I have a wife that I can express that to and say, hey, look, um, I got to go fix this or we're going to have way bigger issues yeah. than me not paying attention to what you're saying right now. <laughs> and like she- for real. And like and honestly, like because and, and in those cases, like and but if you don't have that 
that's a challenge too, because it's hard to be present when you feel like everything's on fire yes. around you. Yeah. So two things are happening. You're right. My wife is a saint and she's in the same way. And yeah. she's, she's looking at me going, Jake, you, who are you? Like, first of all, like you're there somewhere in there, you're yep. there and I see it. So we got to go figure that out. But two, she was the biggest incur like she believed in donut lounge when I couldn't. Yeah. Because the truth of because the truth of the concept and the low hanging fruit, it, and I say this, man, this it sucks to say it and it even hurts to say, like almost brings tears to my eyes. Donut Lounge would have worked if I if it wasn't me. That sucks. If somebody else was running Donut Lounge, I bet you it worked. I don't know if that's necessarily true because they're gonna. I mean, Be, because if because about restaurant and again looking back is to understand. In the restaurant industry, especially, is you got to know where every penny's going, and you got to know every dollar. You got you got to know your your inventory. You got to know your waste. You got to know your late. I mean, and we just did not have the operational. I did not have the integrity of the organization or the people really around me to to take a one point something million dollar company the first year and make it what it could be. And that and, so, not, and so I'm not let, saying let, that to like. Let, let's do this. Let's so let all right. The plane's going to hit the ground here in a second. Yes. We have to hit that, and then we'll take a couple because we're running out of time, a little bit out of time here. And I want to make sure we get. Well, no, we're good. This is it's. We don't really have a time limit, but I want to make sure we get to some of the recap too because I think that that's important. Um, so here it is. Impact. Impact. Um, I'm at a counseling. You had to. You see it coming. By oh. the way, business owners you, that fail, they see it coming. And everyone's like handling it differently. Yeah, I mean, they really are. Like some people, I've I've been around a lot of businesses that have failed, not necessarily like like firsthand. But so I, before I was an entrepreneur, I worked in the music industry, so I'm very familiar with some of the things that you you did. But yeah, um, we recently did an episode about music retail, and it's changed so much. Like two two out of three stores are gone. Oh man! And when I used to work for Roland, the and a lot and I was dealing with uh, dealerships that were in 13 states. And this was like right after the housing bubble time. So like everyone was screwed on 10 different levels. And I saw all these people handle it differently. So let's talk about impact. Yeah. How did that come? Because look, when the plane's spinning and you're heading to the ground, you're trying to pull it out of its spin. And then at some point you might be able to get the parachute out. Yeah. And then maybe you're just like, you know what? I'm going to die. Yeah. Like how did this, how did this, let's, let's talk about that. So at a counseling session, um, and the counselor says, we'll put it on the date, put let's, so you're this by this date, if you're not winning, the, then you, it's time to pull, then okay, let's pull the plug. Eject, right. So let's eject. So we put it on the calendar and I'm thinking I got enough maybe to keep payroll at least because the last thing I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. I, I don't want to like, I, I can't even imagine or fathom closing the doors, locking everything. And I still owe everyone a paycheck. By the way, that's another thing too, that I've seen be a real root cause of business failure is the inability to make some tough decisions Yes, because you care about the people that oh my around gosh. you and like, yeah. you don't want to let them down. And like, you start, you can go down that rabbit hole, that trickle down effect. Oh, I don't want to, you know, yeah. blah, 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 and, blah. And, and the next thing you know, you just lock up. And the more I think I'm caring for people, the more they're mad at me now. Like, so the, this date clearly arrived then. Okay. So I, we got to, since for time's sake, the, the plane is about ready to crash, but it doesn't. So there's a part two to the story. Oh my God. Do we have to do a second episode? We yet? might have to pretty wow. much. We put it on the date on that date and i can't make this up and i'm not i'm not 
BSing anybody, a man walks in my door and offers to buy my company. A Hail Mary. The Hail oh my God. We are going to have to do a second the one. The Hail Mary Oh my hits. God. I don't, oh man. You didn't, t- wow. You didn't tell me there was going to be a surprise twist. Yep. Oh but my God. you know what? We're going to stop. <laughs> We're going to stop. Because I, I, I feel like, is there more? There's got to be a lot more. Here. It gets even worse. Oh my God. We're going to have to do a second one. Like clearly, I, <laughs> by the way, and, and, and for those of you listening, I am not making this up, right? Now. Like this was not planned. Like I did not realize yeah. that there was a whole nother part to this. There's a whole nother year. What? Yeah. Oh man. We're going to stop right now. No, we're going to break this up because this clearly needs where we are. Go- we, we were going to have this be business failure 101, but we're clearly <laughs> going to have to have a 200 level. Let's do it. So come back for the next one, folks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.